Welcome to Luke's Talk Wine. My name is Luke Morris and I work for a big wine company. Hey, and my name's Luke Campbell and I work for a small wine company. And today we're going to talk about temperature in wine and half bottles. But first, what's been happening in your wine world this week? Luke Campbell, pal. Well, thank you very, very, very much, Luke Morris. It's all been happening this week, actually. I've been... (laughs) There's a little bit of opening up. There's a little bit of closing down. There's a really kind of ambivalent mood out there. But this week, I've um, just come across that old favourite, Goon, Glorious Goon. I, oh, yeah. Set, yes, I have been set a few samples of a bit of bag in box, and I have been floored. Obviously, one of Australia's great wine inventions, well, great inventions, period, is yep. our goon bag, and it's famous for our history. You know that 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 silver pillow attached to the old <laughs> iconic um, hills hoist in the Goon of Fortune in, oh, our, in our days. Yeah. Um, yeah, just just descending into a downward spiral of disgust. But yeah, absolutely. for kids who don't know what that is, that's where you um, have uh, your deck chairs or uh, stools, or just stand underneath a clothesline with a goon bag uh, pegged to it and spin the clothesline and whoever is standing in the uh, point where the goon bag has the most lean tends to get a bag of goon tipped uh, (laughs) not tipped but uh, stopped in their direction and they have to continuously drink from it that's the way i remember it was played absolutely and you'd be quite You'd be quite right there, but the, the whole the whole COVID situation definitely gave bag in box sales a bit of a boost and a big nudge, and it? because it's it's a cheaper alternative. But what I was floored about two different samples came across uh, my desk uh, since we since you and I spoke last. One was a, a, a Spanish white, and the other was Ooh. a Margaret River Chenin Blanc. And shares have gone up, Luke Morris. Um, wow. The quality of these wines were unbelievable. Well, this is an old little um, interest of mine. Is the, the 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 packaging of wine? There's the idea of putting things into bottle is really quite dated. And I know from uh, talking to a, a packaging expert that the classic goon bag, the silver bag with the um, mm. airtight uh, outlet, is the best closure for wine on the planet. Uh, because it doesn't allow sunlight in, and it doesn't, um, and it pre- prevents it from uh, spoilage when you open it. You can have some at a time. Now, obviously, there's there'll be arguments against that being the best because there's all kinds of oxidisation and and breakdown of plastics, and there's lots of things. But he was adamant. He said it stores the best. It's lightweight. It's compact. It's best for the environment because it, it, it's also good for transport. It's uh, something that you can recycle a bit easier than glass it's a really good packaging um, method the biggest problem it has historically junk has been put inside of it if they had been putting good stuff inside of it people wouldn't have been so dismissive of it and it might have you know it might still be in the the fridges of every household today as opposed to mainly kitchens and I don't know who, what demographic is being targeted with Spanish whites and the Chenin Blancs. Well, it's popped up in my refrigerator like a meerkat at the zoo. I can tell you, it's uh, <laughs> like it's it's you're so right. There's a huge restru- by just by using a bag in box scenario. There's a huge reduction in a carbon footprint. 
it's affordable, the package is cheaper, you can recycle it. You're so right, Luke Morris. But the the the, the two wines I had, it was actually a um it uh was it was a was a Spanish it wasn't a Spanish white, I beg your pardon, it was a Portuguese white and it was a blend. Uh, and the quality of it, there were there were three white grapes in this, uh, and, and the the quality of it, it was obviously drink now, but it's preserved in there at its optimum for they reckon about twenty seven to twenty seven to forty odd days at its best at its peak after uh, after after packaging once, or after open uh, once, once you once, crack it and expose it to it. air yes mm-hmm. yep yep um, and. And the other one was a, as I said, it was a Chenin Blanc from the Swan Valley in WA. Both both wines were absolutely exceptional, textural as you, both wines were very textural as you would expect, um, and not the headache material of yesteryear. But I, I know, having done a little bit of further research, you know, there's producers in in Melbourne. There's some producers uh, in Sydney doing bag in box by the glass type stuff. So 150 yep. mil serves, uh, two, everything from two litre serves and up. But um, amazingly, they're delicious. Is it? So you would have seen the same stuff that I've seen, which flabbergasts me. The uh, the white wine on tap, the prosecco on tap. I think from memory, I've even seen a red wine on tap, which yep. is, I guess, is ease of pouring for the um, uh, wait staff in, in many restaurants. And I understand the need of that because, you know, you've worked in restaurants. I've, I've had to do service. It's a lot of moving and the, and the steps you can take out, the time you can save, the more time you can spend with your customers. That's, that's good. But, I mean, is the quality of that stuff there? Is that Are we getting more bag-in-box stuff because it's actually better than pumping something through a tube and just let gravity... Well, the, the difference between it. the dif- the difference between a bag in box uh, and to those wines that are in a, in a keg, yeah, uh, the, the keg is a, is a method of service as to reduce the time and to reduce wastage of by the glass. So everything's sealed; they're sealed in a smaller keg, and they're in a bladder just like bag in box. And air is pumped in externally around that bladder, and as you draw wine out, it pushes the internal bladder up. So, as ah, there's so no it's not con- going through a pressure system, uh, not pressure not at all. through a gas. It's, it's pressure no. as, as in terms of um, what's that displacement, a, uh, yeah, osmosis oxygen, effect. Ox- oxygen displacement. But in the case of the bag in box, so as, it, as you're drawing the wine out of it, it's effectively sucking that bag down and keeping all of the wine um, neatly encased there. But when I started to drink, when I started to drink these wines, I was just overwhelmed with the flavour. I remember, as you would, my mum always had a, a, a box or a cask in the fridge. Mainly, she used it for cooking. But if it was a hot day, she used to have a glass or two, and they were always just sweet. Both of these white wines I tried were dry as a chip and just delicious, so textural. Yep. But when I started to when I started to drill down and, and I, I looked at some of the numbers and I was as I was doing some research for this little pot of ours, the numbers are extraordinary. In, in the US, right, so cask, three-litre cask purchases just in the last year, 2020, 2021, they are up 82%. In France, France saw a 43% rise in consumption of bag-in-box wine. 
France, mm. the home of wine. Uh, and this this data that is called to it's was collated by Nielsen, the US company. Um and it was taken in I've our winter. So I've August. seen some impressive bagging boxes coming out of France. Though. I've seen them uh, packaged in like little uh, kegs, little um, oak barrels, just to jazz it up a little bit. Yep. And I think it's – and possibly, you know, that, that space saving is, is a consideration, as, as we discussed. It is, is a bit more space saver for um, uh, a wine to be purchased like that and and like you said you can you can tap it and drink it over a month and she'll be right she'll be right exactly i I mean look we could talk about other um containers for for wine we've seen over the time cans which i've seen which are available which i've seen are terrible i've seen aluminium bottles used which was supposedly uh the future but uh, that didn't last more than a blip um (laughs) The, the old uh, glass on top of the single bottle. But we might get into smaller sizes later with half bottles. But let's go on to this week's topic. Hi, this is Luke Morris from Luke's Talk Wine. I've written some books. So visit lukemorrisha.com.au. Go there, see the books, buy one, support the podcast. That's lukemorrisha.com.au. L-U-K-E-M-O-R-R-I-S-H-A.com.au. Have a great day. Which is temperature for wine storage and transport. I had this, – this is inspired oh. by a customer of mine who's very finicky be about um, travelling time of, of wine from the warehouse to his door. And I do not argue against him, to be honest with you, but – it does raise the question for people who store wine under the bed at home or store, or worry about transporting wine from uh, Ospost or a van or something in 25-degree heat days. What kind of temperature tolerance do you think bottles have? Well, first and foremost, you just want that temperature to be stable. So we're very fortunate in Australia now to have some great importers and distributors that when they are importing wine they're using reefer containers and that is you know fully refrigerated that they can set the temperatures on yeah there i've is, heard that um, i've heard that's been used in um wines that are traveling across the equator but if they're traveling within a temperature um uh, variant rather than worry about the fluctuations they wrap around big uh, sort of like uh, insulating blankets, so yep. that and, and with a uh, what's it, uh, like a foil exterior, mm-hmm. so the the foil will keep uh, temperature exposure out, and try and the blanket will try and maintain the temperature within the uh, pallet of wine. So rather than going to the expense and and all the other things of a large temperature control container, they keep things a bit small, a bit cheaper, and that's how you can move some wine at a, at a good price. Yeah, absolutely. But um, harking back to your question, what type of fluctuation can a wine stand? It has um, obviously wine whenever it's moved. Wine is a living, breathing thing, Luke, as you well know. And you, as soon as you begin to move it, you change the life cycle, okay? So you've got to keep that move 
to a minimum, you've got to keep the movement to a minimum. Very difficult to do that if you're at a winery cellar door and you're sending out, um, you know, monthly dozens to your constituents, your customers, your consumers. It's just all about stability. You know, we, we have a rule at Vinify. We don't, we don't ship wines over 30 degrees days um, and, and <laughs> we, we hold on to it. And, and it doesn't always work, you know, as, a, as our listeners know, I work for a small wine company. It's not very easy when you work for a big wine company. People, consumers want their wine, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's true. I've, I've worked not for the current company I'm with, but the, a previous one, which was uh, actually a bigger company. Um, I worked in the warehouse and they just had wines. I would argue what you just said, like 30 degrees, let's keep it because we don't know how hot the vans are. That I know that when it leaves on the back of some trucks, those trucks can be, you know, there's a, there's a control there, but once it gets to the person who's uh, driving around to do the end delivery, some of those vans can get a bit hot. And I would always point at temperature gauges saying it's 30 to get day, but it's 30 in a couple of days, and it might be 40 in by the time it actually gets delivered. I've got some concerns, and they said well, our concerns are the fact that we've got another pallet of wine coming in, and we've got this pallet of wine to go out, and we've got no space. We've got to move it. And the customers yeah. complain if they don't get their wine. Well, yes, I guess, and that's a big company ethos, right? So, yeah, you, you can't yeah. Um, economy of scale. You got to move. It's, it's yeah, that's you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> it, is, it is, it is economies of scale. Even Meatloaf said it all those years ago. It is, um, but yeah, I think you said it company, better. <laughs> You're in you tune, much, Luke Morris. You're doing well. <laughs> uh, but temperature, you know, it, stability is the key. Ideally, you want to be storing your wines, you know, between twelve and fourteen degrees. But people get uh, people get hot, people get bogged down by the the right temperature. If my if my cellar or wine fridge is at eighteen, is it wrong? Or there's no wrong or right. It just has to be steady. Ideal in a perfect yep. world, cellar temperature at twelve to fourteen, twelve to sixteen degrees, as long as it's steady. My personal cellar at home, um, you know, it, it actually was at about eighteen. Um, but there was never any, it was just, it was under a house. It was 18 all year round. So I just, I was aware of that. Wines used to come to fruition. They used to mature slightly quicker. So if I was hanging yep. on to a wine for seven years, I'd drink it in five. And just Why does it mature faster? It's a great question. I mean, so what, I know we had a, a friend of ours had, had store wines in his garage, and we used to—I would refer to it as the um, advanced cellaring conditions—and <laughs> uh, it it did happen, and it was fine because even though it was hot and and, and cold out there, um, the wine still actually kept pretty well. I think he had some insulation about it, so it never cooked, cooked, and it never uh, froze. But still, it had that fluctuation. It still got a bit warm in there. Do Do you know the science behind why it, it, it advances its age? Absolutely. So what happens is, we, we, just by having that slightly warmer temperature, you're accelerating the microorganisms in the uh, wine. The movement. So- the movement, so yes. yeah, the, the, the yeast, the sugars, the antithiocins, the microorganisms are all combining and they're still working and they're actually working faster, Luke Morris. And so what happens is they work harder and they mature faster. Um, albeit only a couple of degrees above 16 degrees, 
it works it harder because it yeah. is at that warmer temperature. Conversely, if you store everything at eight degrees, you're freezing the fruit and the fruit dries out very, very quickly and falls out and leaves you with uh, as, as acidic, tannic wines really, really quickly. Well, so it goes both ways. That's why you have to serve stuff at room temperature, whatever that used to be. I, I can't yep. remember the correct timing, but that's because if you if you pour wines out of the fridge when they're cold, they're going to taste well dull, except for the acid will be pretty present. Yep, <laughs> and and that's why because the temperatures drop down, so it's masked the fruit, and the acids jump to the fore, jump to the the front. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you know what's interesting with this is that it does flow on to the question that I got asked um, about the future of half bottles, like half bottles could be the next big thing. Customer mm. was thinking that. And I actually don't disagree because I've been on the hunt for some good half bottles for a while because mm. if you want to have a good glass of wine but you don't want to drink a whole bottle either by yourself or because you know you and your partner only want one glass or your partner wants to abstain for the night whatever they do them whatever sometimes half bottles are a great choice Uh, half bottles also impact an aging of a wine i believe half bottle is is a faster aging process is that I think that's the correct answer and then uh, uh, magnums and the bigger they get the slower the aging process but do you see any move with half bottles in your smaller, more niche neck in the woods? Well, we, <laughs> we in our advanced wine course that we teach month in, month out, every uh, month we send out, we do four modules and in that, within one module, we have two half bottles. So we're across a wide range of half bottles. So we send out wine packs at the start of the month to the, the 20 participants in the course. And they ha- they each get eight blind wine bottles from around the world, whether it be Burgundy or Shiraz from Australia or Pinot from New Zealand, whatever it might be. They're all presented in half bottles. And we use half bottles rather than sealing small formats with gas or whatever because we feel that they have this real kind of um, a- a- appeal, I guess, and an opportunity to taste different wines. But in a bottle, in a, as a finished wine. We're not tampering with it. And we just yeah, really you're, think, you're not re-pouring. Or, or, no, or re- we're not doing you, that. Just... We're just serving the wine as the winemaker expend, expects it to be served. And it really does enhance the guests, the, the students' experience, Luke, because they get to taste real wine, so to speak. You know, sure, they're cute and sure, you know, they're, they're they are cute, novel- aren't they? They are. Oh, they have a little fantastic. bit of novelty appeal. But they are Tiny also great examples of the wine. Miniature little t- label. Time and time again, though, we, we, we serve the wine in a half bottle and then we offer the full bottles and the half bottles for sale. People yeah. will buy the full bottles and the comment we get at the survey at the end of the course all the time is, oh, gee, the full bottles weren't the same as the half. And harking back to your question, what is the difference? Well, there is less, less surface area for oxygen to expose to be exposed to the wine. That's so why, they, as we refer to it, the ullage when they put the um, gap in between the cork and the juice is maintained the same between a half bottle and a full bottle. Is that that's roughly correct? Or is near? Yeah, it? no, that's not roughly correct. That's one hundred percent. That's one hundred percent correct. So the mm. oxygenation uh, integration has a higher ratio within the half bottle. That's yep. it. Mm. 
All it's, these it's stuff basi- that's flooding back into my memory from years gone by. It's basically a short representation of everything that the full bottle has, but in in miniature, in miniature in flavour, in miniature in size, in miniature in novelty laughs. <laughs> I, I, I want to get back into halves. I, I don't. I don't know. I know why they went away because it's like people have stopped drinking uh, pots and schooners and want to have pints because that's cool. It's like, what's wrong with a few pots? You know, what's wrong with a few half bottles? Just have a yeah. Have no, a cheeky. There's, nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong with a few half bottles. It's not cost effective. I do know that. Um, it's you know, it's about it costs about the same to produce a half bottle is what it does to produce a seven fifty mil. And you know, for those playing along at home, we're, we're talking about a half bottle is exactly that. We're talking about three hundred and seventy five milliliters, and as opposed to seven fifty, which is a full bottle, and a magnum, which is fifteen hundred. But the three seven five, the little cuties, uh, the stubbies, as we like to call them in the industry, they are <laughs> grenades. These kind of grenades. They are just these little miniature cases. Of great wines and they offer a chance for you to taste the wines can they sell her absolutely they just sell it as, as luke mentioned there a little bit faster than normal but there's a wide range available but it's just as expensive they're, they're, they're not often cheaper luke and i think that's why people go away from them i've found that they're not they're a little bit more expensive than half the bottle has been what my uh visual has been on them, but they're a dying breed. That's the thing. I'm they surprised are. you've been able to see so many that you can supply a wine course with a few. Have, when you say they are a dying breed, are you finding it's, a, it's hard to source them or is it? Oh, that, that it's, getting, it's getting difficult to source them because there's not a wide array of producers that use halves. Funnily enough, there's a lot of um, European producers that put things in half. There's a there's certainly several champagne, champenoise producers that put things in halves. But oh, yeah, they're half just, they're a not, bubble. Yeah, that's not enough. Yeah. That's that's well, a mistake right there. That's the thing, right? So and they're just not uh, they're, they're not expensive. I mean, so they are very expensive, and so um, they're not often on your radar. In, in a restaurant situation, they're great on a restaurant wine list. They're great by the glass type type scenario because you get two glasses out of it. And um, as on a, on a by the glass list, they are phenomenal because people can really get into it. Particularly if there's only a table or two, it's a cheaper alternative than ordering glasses. Um, if there's a couple sharing a half bottle. Bang, boom, bing. You know, you got a wine polite together with your food. No problems there. Oh, um, I remember yeah, seeing it, a half bottle of Krug and it was in the fancy Krug bottle and everything. Yeah. I loved it. But it well, wasn't Krug, substantially yeah. cheap. I know. Krug is I not didn't buy it. Cheap. Why not? You should have. <laughs> no. I, I think I, I, think I bought rare. eight different other wines for my money. <laughs> <laughs> They're rare. That might be a topic for the other day. What, what wines didn't you buy? Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a few of those. What mm. What are you drinking now, Campbell? What's up? What's up in your neck of the woods? Oh, you know, Luke, I'm still with the change of season. I just can't push through that rosé bent I'm on. Um, oh, really? Yes, I just can't push through. Uh, Even with you know, all this access to uh, goon bagged. Shannon Blanc and I shouldn't badmouth it, but it does sound like it, it has the stigma attached to it, which I think it still has to um, jump some hoops. But if they're putting good stuff into it, they'll help. But Absolutely. even before this access to a good goon bag wine, you're still on the rosé bent. 
I am still on the rosé bench and it's just, it's something simple. It's something you don't have to really think about, but it's always pleasurable. I think in our industry, and you would be absolutely the same, I think any industry, no matter if you're a, if you're a plumber or a movie reviewer or you're a talent scout, whichever industry you're in, you tend to overanalyze. Like, and I'm guilty of it. You know, oh, you get to got... the you get to the point. As a friend of mine said in, because uh, uh, I do some comedy, I work in the comedy industry on, on as a as a hobby. For for comedians to make him laugh now, they have to be really dark. And really serious, and really get off, get onto the nerves, and there's this thing. That's really, you know, you get, you, you don't just enjoy the surface level stuff. You got to go really hardcore. So if you're talking about enjoying rosé. You're not just talking about Provence rosé. You're probably talking about some really funky barrel matured rosé that's got some sort of uh, unfiltered, gravity fed sort of obscure grapes from the. Uh, the backwater parts of the uh, uh, <laughs> the Andes in Chile, the oh, Andes yeah. in Chile. Or I was, I was <laughs> thinking of uh, uh, Tumbawamba or somewhere. <laughs> I am well, and we love what we love what Nick Spencer and Nick O'Leary do up there, and, and Alex Alex Mackay, it's collected, do up there in Tumbawamba, mind you. But no, I am just drinking anything and everything that's pink that I can get my hands on that I don't have to think about. I can just consume it down at an alarming rate, Luke, and enjoy it. <laughs> and and res- responsibly, of course. Why does it have to be at an alarming rate? <laughs> How well, fast is it? It's, <laughs> it's just the thirst quenching goodness that I don't have to think about. Like you, I've got seven or eight tasting bottles I thought that's what beer open. was for. <laughs> well, I don't drink a lot of beer. I know I'm supposed to keep that quiet, but I don't drink a lot. Why I drink bulk you, wine, you can, though. But uh, you, can, you can say you don't drink beer. Well, there's all the ads about keeping it quiet if you don't drink beer. Like, I don't drink Isn't a lot it? of beer, but I do love rosé. So get into it, folks. Listeners, embrace a rosé. Pick a rosé. There's so many great, oh. great varieties for rosé. Don't think about it. Slap it down with a salumi platter and drink it through a straw. It's delicious. Uh, Share it with I went to, I went to a, a, a public house the other day and uh, my friend associated with me had themselves a um, uh, I think it was a bourbon and coke some sort of manly you know old wow. manly drink not the sort of you know I and I ordered what a sort of people are you fraternizing with Spinifex rosé is what I ordered Ooh. from the um, man on the other side of the counter, and he. Uh, Shell, what a genius! I don't, I don't think he uh, thought I was a um, a weightlifter with my order, but. Um, <laughs> Real men drink rosé. Real men think pink. Get I think. Let's uh, slay all day and then drink rosé. That's the way. <laughs> That's about the gist of it. Slay all day. And drink rosé. We should leave it there, Luke Morris. We can't do any better than that. We can't do. Thanks for your time, Luke Campbell. Thanks, Nick Brown, for the intro music, and I'll catch you next week. Good afternoon, good evening, good night. (laughs) Vinified are the wine cellars specialists. We're Australia's only personal sommelier service. Our sommeliers work with you to build your cellar. Our aim is to bring you the wines from the freshest new producers, all based on your tastes. We can come to you, source your wines, present tastings. Think of Vinified as your wine concierge. We can do retail, we can do tastings, we can host your dinner parties, or we can procure you that rare wine. Vinified is proud to be associated with Luke's Talk Wine.
www.finified.com.au.